Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is brought to you by Winlight Bets. Winlight Bets is the fastest gaming action on earth using the fastest motorsport on earth. Go to the Winlight Bets Facebook page, like and follow to be up to date on all the latest information around gaming and your favorite sport, drag racing. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your co-host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. And I'm J.P. Miller, coming to you from rural Virginia. Welcome to the show, guys and girls. Today is episode 115. JP 115, my man, um, it is, and we're in the heart of it now, right? We are in the heart of race season. We've kind of got through, we're mid-May now. Um, it it feels good, doesn't it? It feels good to be out there and not have to worry about snow anymore. We don't have to worry about, uh, well, I guess we're always going to deal with weather, but at least we don't have to deal with snow in the most part of the country. And it is, we're in the heat of it. I mean, point series are are kind of heating up, uh, you know, points battles from that stand are heating up and, and, uh, taking shape and it's, it's good stuff, right? I mean, it feels good to be in race season again. Does it not? Oh yeah. Right in the thick of things. And, uh, it's starting to warm up. Um, if it would just stop raining every weekend, we would be a whole lot better off. But other than that, um, it, every, every, every series, like you said, is starting to heat up. Uh, people are starting to, you know, kind of lock in and, um, weather's only going to get warmer from here so pretty soon we'll be in that mid-summer grind where everybody's just battling it out in the heat so uh getting excited looking forward to seeing what's going to come next that's probably okay i probably need to lose a few pounds anyway so i mean we'll uh we'll we'll sweat it out that's okay this summer yeah yep um i'm also going to say this we have a great episode today like not a good one a great episode for our listeners that said i cannot guarantee that my neighbor will not let the Harley rip a little bit this week. I mean, he's, <laughs> he, he's really fired up about that thing still. And, um, it, you, you know, uh, so if you hear the Harley going, I mean, just, you know, let's, let's just roll with it a little bit. He's, he's excited. You know, that's, that's what it is. He's excited. Credit to your neighbor. It does sound pretty good, though. When I <laughs> when I heard it, it sounds like it has a nice exhaust. So that's that's always good. Yeah, he spent a lot of time getting that tune right. He spent a lot of time getting that tune right. Um, yeah. So anyway, if you hear it, uh, just enjoy. You know, just enjoy, and we keep keep rolling on. But uh, yeah, we have a we have a great episode, and. Um, you know, this, this will be good. We've got two phenomenal guests coming on the show today. One, Steve Furr. He is a former elite top dragster champion in the PDRA, among other things. I mean, he's just, he's won a lot of hardware. Um, exciting, you know, 
have him on and talk a little bit about his his season uh, so far, which is dominating. And then Kenny Nowling, um, ADRL president, bringing it back. I mean, that was it was a show back in the day, JP. I mean, the ADRL was amazing, and you know it's taken a while. He's got it back, and and now letting it rip again. And I I cannot wait to see what he has in store. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I've uh I've been to a couple of ADRL events and that they were always always packed house, always super fast cars. Um qualifying in that deal was always, you know, you had to bring your best stuff and and you might have to you might leave with with no trailers left in the park and it, I mean, no parts left in the trail, I'm sorry. And uh but always an exciting show, so it'll be very interesting to watch and see what ADRL ADRL has in store. Um, and if anybody knows anything about Kenny, you know, he's going to bring the heat, man, that is, uh, entirely accurate. And it's, it's a little bit out of our realm, right. In terms of top dragster and top sportsman that said, I think it's so good for drag racing that I, I can't wait to hear him on have him on and hear what he has to say. Cause, um, truthfully what he does for drag racing is really impressive. And I have a lot of respect from him in that standpoint, you know, so, so two great guests, guys, girls, we've got a good one for you. So get to doing whatever it is that you do while you listen to the show, make your commute, clean the shop, work on that old heap, but metaphorically speaking, get your helmet on, get strapped in because here we go. All right, let's make a pass. Let's get them hot. Let's put this thing in the water box. JP, we've got a lot to talk about this week. We've got a lot to talk about. And um, maybe the genesis of it was an incident that happened at VMP last month. Um, An issue between two racers who um, clearly had some words. I think some, you know, wager was made. Um, someone didn't settle and tried to get paid, um, you know, with a pound of flesh, so to speak. And, and just some shenanigans that happened at the track. I mean, that, that can't happen. Can it? I mean, what, what are we doing? No, it's no place for that type of stuff in drag racing. I don't know all the particulars of it. I don't know if it was over a wager, if it was over just some trash talk back and forth that got out of control but at the end of the day there's no situation at the racetrack that should lead to violence guys and 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 i would just say that you're not doing any segment of the sport any kind of favors and i there's been a lot of chatter back and forth about it and some people take the stance that you know this form of racing is getting picked on but in my opinion if you're if you're if you're at the track, you obviously have some kind of love for motorsports. Um, you're there to compete. You're there to have a good time. Yes. Do you take competition serious? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, it's a family atmosphere, and everybody should be able to walk away, win, lose, or draw, or whatever, and shake hands. Uh, there's no need for any type of violence. There's definitely no need for fist fights. There's damn sure enough no, not a need for anybody to to get assaulted with any type of weapon. Um, and you guys got to remember, man, you might not think it's true, but there are factions out there that are trying to eliminate this sport and eliminate anything like this. 
And when you do these type of things, all you do is give them ammunition. Um, and that's not just this situation. There's there's other things that go on, and you know, there's videos that pop up sometimes of uh, you know activities that people are doing after the racing's over. And you know, some of that stuff is funny, but I would just caution you to just just be careful of what you put out and the way that you put it out because some of this stuff could be viewed in a negative light and then it just gets into a bad situation for the tracks or the promoters or the sanctions and and and, and you got to think about it that way you got to kind of think everybody likes to have fun you know i i'll be the first one to like to enjoy a cold adult beverage after i'm done racing but police yourself accordingly guys that's all that's all i'm saying it and and let's not have any of this type of stuff anymore because it just gives racing a black eye and and we don't need that we, we need to grow the sport and bring the sport into the mainstream yeah and we're and obviously hear... preaching to the choir a little bit here right i mean because the yeah. reason why you and i and all the listeners gravitate to our classes is because there's there's less of that um it's one of the reasons why and, and i Give the street outlaws a lot of credit, right, for bringing eyeballs to our sport. But what I've, I will never understand is why um, it seemingly they prefer the drama over just allowing the timing system to tell us who won and lost. Like there's and a, we can eliminate a lot of the drama, <laughs> right? Exactly. And yeah. and even if and then even in other forms of racing, guys, you spend all this time, you spend all the money on these on these vehicles. I mean. Let the vehicle speak for you. Yeah, if, yeah. If you're the baddest guy out there and you got the baddest car out there, then you shouldn't have to tell nobody because they're going to know. I guess the point I'm trying to make is a lion doesn't have to tell you he's a lion. You know it's a lion when he comes. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Well, there, there's um, a lot to be said for the fact that motorsports is a little different. Drag racing is a little different from other sports. And the fact that literally all of us who love it our ambassadors and we all have to do our part. And so, you know, one of the things that I had a pretty interesting conversation with, and it goes along with this a couple weeks ago, JP was um, it was an attorney that had been in conversations with uh, tracks and racers because what was happening in, in this situation, what happened was it was a racer that showed up at track. Um, I forget what it was, belts or something along the lines that wasn't um, tech worthy. They should have not let them race, you know, per the rules. But it was it was a local racer. They've been there for years. They said, "Come on, let's race." Guy staged up, knowing that the belts were expired or something along those lines. You know. Uh, Whatever it was, flywheel wasn't inspect. You know all the all the things, right? That we have to have, and for good reason. But then something went wrong, and this driver then went and sued the track. And you know, it's one of those things. Is like, how how do we do that? I mean, that that can't happen. You can't say, hey, bend the rules for me, and in the same breath, then go if something goes wrong, I'm going to sue you into oblivion, right? And it goes along with what you said, JP. Is we're you know can't have fights at the track we can't have those things they're they're all things that are working against us if we allow that to happen so um man we we all have to be on our toes we all have to be a little bit better and you know maybe self-police a little bit um if we see one of our buddies getting out of line but a lot going on wasn't good per se um the good news is you know there's a lot of racing across the country 
and it seems like there's only, you know, we, we hear about the bad stuff, right? We amplify the bad stuff, and there's only one bad thing, you know, that's happened all year long. So maybe we should be happy with the odds in that that regard. I'm not sure. What do you think, JP? Yeah, I think so. And and this is, uh, you know, everybody kind of reset and let's get ourselves calm for the rest of the summer and go out and have a good season. And, and to the whole safety equipment thing, I'll just say I saw one of the most horrific crashes that I have ever seen in person this weekend. And that man, through the grace of God, walked away with only a broken wrist. And um, from what they're saying, they're saying the car can be repaired. And I would have never thought it. So that's a testament to how well built these cars are and also a testament to somebody who makes sure that they have all the safety equipment that they need and everything mm-hmm. they have is up to date and up to par. So, guys, think about that stuff. You know, we all are quick to go out and spend the all our money on the latest cylinder head or another nitrous kit or this, and then we're out there with outdated belts or, you know, not wearing a Hans or not wearing gloves. I mean, you know, you can very easily get hurt bad in these things if things go wrong. So you want to put yourself in a position to, to be able to, in the event, God forbid, something does go wrong, that you walk away, you know, unhurt or with minor injuries. So everybody just, you know, keep that in mind and, um, uh, you know, prayers up to John Camp and his whole team and I'm glad he's doing all right. Um, like I said, it's one of the scariest things I ever seen in person when that car came around and went over like that. Yeah. Um, everybody stay safe. Um, be good ambassadors and, um, have a great summer, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's put this thing in the beams. On with us now from Harrisburg, North Carolina. He is your current elite top dragster points leader. He's your 2020 2020 elite top dragster world champion in PDRA. He's won world championships at the IHRA level. He's been inducted into the IHRA Hall of Fame. Please welcome Steve Furr. Steve, how are we doing today, man? I'm doing great. Hope you are. Well, we're doing okay. We are not doing as well as somebody who is uh, running away with the Elite Top Dragster uh, Championship as we sit. I mean, you are way out in front. Um, so we're not as good as you, but we're doing okay. Well, it's only two races into it, so I don't know how way out front you can get in two, two races, but I uh, was fortunate enough to win both of them. So it's a very good start is what it is. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, you've you've got a good uh, good start to 2022. You won in 2020. Um, is that some of the driver? I mean, is, is it is anything less than world championship um, unsatisfying at this point, or is it is it still? <laughs> do you still kind of enjoy the process of of each race? No, no, I do. Especially the fast racing with the top dragster, I enjoy the, the process of it. Um, at the same time, I'm very competitive, so I, I, I would love to win another championship. I, I came very close last year. I finished second in their deal last year because I only went to six out of the eight races and uh, had a pretty big lead last year as well and skipped a couple races and then to run NHRA. And then when it came down to the end, uh, uh, the very last race, I actually, believe it or not, put the dial ins backwards in my delay box first round and lost the first round and uh, the dude passed me by one round. So that's how I didn't win the PDRA last year. So uh, I was hoping to not do that again. Yeah, this is a humbling sport. Is it not? I mean, <laughs> that was a humbling thing right there. For sure. I've never done that before. I've lost a lot of weight, but I've never 
put the dial ins backwards. They were very close. I was on like a 386, and the other guy was on 380. I was on 384. He was on a 388, something like that. There was just a few hundreds difference in the spots, and I put it in backwards, and what would have been a 004 light turned into a 026 red, and uh, that was the end of that. Ouch. Yeah, that's hurtful. Um, very hurtful. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I may still not be over that, but uh, it, it'll go. It'll go away. It's a good thing you have some trophies at home to remind yourself that you still know how to do it, right? That's the that's the good thing you got home? I have collected quite a few, um, you know, trophies over the long. I've been racing a long time since the night, early 1990s, so I've been doing it a long time and have have do do have a big collection of trophies for whatever that's worth yes sir well let's let's go back to that uh time uh talk to us about the first time you went down the racetrack and you know how that all came about yeah i actually got started because my brother raced um he was an auto mechanic and into into street racing right so i had a, a 70 camaro that i bought uh kind of a junker and you know put a 350 in it some uh, some skinny tires on it and raced around the street just a little bit and then started going to Mooresville drag strip which is about 30 minutes from where I live so my first pass down the drag strip was in a car I drove to the track and then drove down the track went like 940 or 930 something like that um, and then of course I just wanted to go faster so I spent everything I had you know trying to make it faster when I was in high school um, currently still have that car I actually put it up in a barn and pulled it back out uh, about five years ago when my son turned 16 and uh we redid it from the ground up, and it's sitting right here in my shop in front of me. As a matter of fact, we just kind of sit here and look at it. It's, uh, it's kind of a show car now. It's so nice, but uh, luckily I still have it. So that, that's what started me racing. That's very um, cool. And then my brother, my brother got into it big time, right? He got off street racing and into track racing, and he became an IHRA world champion in 1992. He won 92 and 93 in hot rod. So he, he got me started with the IHRA stuff. Um, I started in hot rod just a little and then moved up to super rod with the actually with the car I currently racing super rod, super gas. And, uh, um, so both of us won the championship in 1996, which was about the second year I really chased the points in IHRA. I was lucky enough to win super rod and he won super, uh, super street was what it's called. It was called hot rod at the time. So right. I think we were the first brothers that, that actually won championships at the same time. Um, so it was cool. That's, that's what got me started. That's that's really that is really cool. Um, the fact that you still have that car and your son's your son's driving it now is that is that what I heard? Well, we both drive it just to drive it around for kicks. You know, we put a, a manual transmission in it to make it fun to drive on the streets. It's not a race car. Oh, okay. Um, I went like seven twenties and seven thirties with it on the drag strip though when I when I used to race it, uh, you know, a long time ago in the nineties. Uh, and then we just we just basically took it all the way down and sandblasted it down to the bare metal and you know made it like a show car. It's really really nice and fun to look at but we won't ever take it down the drag strip we just uh, it's too nice for that now i guess so we got all these other cars sitting in here that are good race cars yeah well um and you, so you you have that car and then at some point you went to the 67 68 um that you raced quite a bit is that was that your first race car yeah yeah i actually had a uh, <clears throat> i actually tried to put together a 72 camaro for a short period of time and it was a uh, it was jinxed. Everything I did to it, it broke. It broke drive shafts and rear ends and stuff. And I fought it for about six months to a year, and finally just you had to get rid of it. Got rid of it and bought bought this car that I currently have, a '68 Camaro. It was a race car, but it was um, the cage wouldn't pass tech and all that kind of stuff. So we cut the cage out and started over on it. But um, it's it's the same car I currently have. So yeah, I got it in like 1994, I think, is when I when I got it, and um, we redid it, new cage and new partially new frame rails and. 
different rear end and stuff under it and did all that stuff to it to make it a good race car and then uh, it became a really 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 good 990 race car and mm-hmm. like i said i won that first championship in 96 and then uh wound up winning three more of them um finished second like six five six times in super gas super rod and then won the championship again in, in 04 and 06 and 011 um so that car has been very good to me it's, it's kind of near and dear to my heart and i won't ever get rid of it i guess my family can sell it after i'm gone <laughs> yeah i can i can relate um i, I have a, a similar thought with uh, my dad's 67 so yeah it's uh it's just in it's part of the family yeah. right it's just part of the family that's what it is right to be honest with you door cars seem to have a place in your heart more than dragsters it's almost like you can get another dragster tomorrow but the door cars they're harder to get and you get more attached to them i've had like seven seven eight dragsters probably over the years and, um i actually got my first one in like 97 or 98 um and was racing 890 with it or, or quick rod or whatever they call super comp now yep and uh Scott Duggins, who owns Par Racing Engines, who's a very good friend of mine, does my engine work. He said, uh, "Won't you run top dragster? It's more fun than super top. So you got a dragster, so let's put some more power to it and switch over to top dragster." So long about 2000, I, sw- I switched over and started running top dragster with a nitrous combination, and uh, really liked that, and it was fun. Um, so I did that for a long time and was very, you know, had very good luck with that, and won a lot of races, and uh, got used to going fast, like you know, six sixty, six fifties in the quarter mile. 200 to 205 range with my nitrous set up and then uh then he talked me into spending more money and doing the pro charger thing in 2016 and i stepped up to a whole nother level of of money and a whole level another level of fast now that thing is really really a rocket now yeah yeah talk talk us through this this combo you've got in this yeah so i, I like i said the quickest i'd ever been was 650 i think 52 or 654 about 205 with that nitrous combination so we built this uh, 540 with a Pro Charger on it, um, uh, FX1112. So it's it's not a huge Pro Charger, but uh, Duggan said it would probably make 2,500 horsepower or whatever. So he said you want to start out kind of with baby steps. So we actually put this thing together, and you won't believe it. We take it to Shady Side Dragway, which is a little eight-mile, uh, really non-sanctioned track track in South Carolina, to shake it down a little bit on a test and tune. And he was like, yeah, we probably won't get down the track, but just give you some seat time and you can do burnouts and figure this thing out or whatever. We wound up going like 408 two or three times at that little short track because um, it went down the track. scared me to death when it went down through there. I wasn't expecting it to actually make a full pull, and it takes off and makes a good clean run. And uh, So I go 408. So I went testing. The, the, two days later, Hoosier wanted to do a tire test, so we took that dragster to, to Bradenton. And I unload, and Grant, I told you I went 652, fast as I've ever been. So we unload it. I make an eight-mile hit and go 408, just like I just did at, at the Shady Side track. The 408 let off at the eighth mile. It goes 656 to the quarter mile, letting <laughs> off at the eighth mile. Wow. I said, so this is unique. I said, I'm going to come back and run this thing to the 1,000 foot. So I come back and I run it to the 1,000 foot and let off, and it goes 624. So basically, I went out there and went just about as fast as I'd ever been, letting off at the eighth mile. That's how much faster this combination is than what I had. Um, so it, it easily, obviously, easily goes 610, which is the bottom of the NHRA sure. deal. You can't go faster than 610. So I've got it slowed down to go 610. And then uh, 610 and eighth mile is about four flat for me. And uh, when I run over in uh, PDRA, I can take a lot of that timing curve back out of it and let it run a little faster. I don't still don't run it wide open, but it goes 
upper 370s to 380. So, you know, it'd be a good 580 car if you ran it wide open through the quarter. Yeah, the uh, Pro Charge stuff has really changed the game, right? I mean, it just it it just allowed so much power and be consistent at yeah. it too. I mean, it's 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 been really impressive what it's done for our classes. It's so much easier to apply that Pro Charger power than it is the nitrous setup that I had. And I I even had a uh, progressive controller and stuff like that, so I could turn it on, you know, have the whole slower and all that for the nitrous setup. But the Pro Charger power is so much easier to to apply, you know, using a, a timing curve um and the right gear ratios and all that of course but the, using the timing curve it just makes it a lot easier to apply, apply all that power and you can maybe go one flat to 60 foot and still run you know 380 <laughs> it's just pretty impressive <laughs> right yeah it's uh, a it, blow through setup or is it a fuel injection it, it it is a blow through setup i actually was wanting to go fuel injection when we first did it and I was I was on a little bit of a deal with Holly, and they couldn't quite get me a setup quick enough as, as quickly as me and Doug has wanted to go and test it at that drag shady side dragway. So we we uh, went with an APD setup. So it's APD blow through and APD uh, fuel you know mechanical fuel pump and regulator and their whole setup from APD. They've really got a good handle on the the, the blow through stuff for sure. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, very cool stuff. So. Um, so you've had this car and that setup since uh, 2016. Is that what you said? Right, that's exactly right. I um, actually had this car a couple years before that with a nitrous setup in it, and I just pulled the nitrous motor and stuff out. And um, I have another car that I bracket race, so I have another slower dragster. Um, but yeah, since 16, so I've had this pretty much this same exact combination since 16. Okay. Yeah, and I um, mean, it seems <laughs> it just seems, that, and you've been doing this for a long time, you know, this, uh, top dragster version, but to say you've had the same combo and you're running three eighties for that long, just seems phenomenal when I think, when you think about it, right. In terms of how fast you're going <laughs> and how consistent it is and haven't had to change combo. Like it just, did you even think, you know, 23 years ago when you started this, that that was even possible? Oh no, no, no. And, and also I told, uh, my engine builder, Scott Duggins, when he started, started talking about going a little faster, I said, I don't really want a blower motor. He's like, we could put a blower motor together. And I'm like, man, have you ever watched those guys run? It seems like they're hard to stage and hard to keep running and they idle all, you know, surging and all that stuff. So I said, I'm not really into all that. If I can't, I need to be able to race this thing. I'm, I don't really, going fast is cool, but I want to win. You know what I mean? Yep. Go, I don't want to go fast and not win. I need something that I can stage right every time that's going to be fairly consistent. So I started out going like three, you know, four flat. Like I said, when we were testing three nineties and then I put zoomies on it and it picked up six, seven hundred. And then I did little small changes to it that picked it up, you know, and, and finally got it going like three eighties or high three seventies when I want to go that fast. So I've kind of snuck up on it a little bit, but, um, it is amazing that all this stuff will, you know, this, this dragster can live at going three seventies, 194 or whatever. Um, you think about the ring and pinion and the, uh, I have a Ghost Enterprises uh, drive shaft set up in there because I broke a regular drive shaft. But you kind of learn what pieces and parts you need to go that fast. Transmission very important. You got to have a pretty solid transmission to go that fast. And you run a Power Glide or a three speed? What What's the combo? It's of a choice? Power Glide. Yep, it's a power. It's a Power Glide. And I always did my own Power Glide stuff because I'm I'm an I'm a mechanical engineer, so I kind of am into mechanical stuff. So I built my own transmissions for for years. But when I got into this stuff. Outside the nitrous stuff, when I got into this Pro Charger setup, I, I had uh, Bernard Weaver actually build my transmission. Uh, he was doing a bunch for some twin turbo guys, 
seem to have it figured out how to make them lift. A lot of people went to this combination and burned up a transmission like right away. Mm. Um, so there's some magic in the in the area of the band and the high gear clutch drum and some of that stuff uh, to make these things live uh, with that much power. So I kind of let him do it. Uh, I'll freshen it up, you know, when it needs freshened up now. But it, Bernard Weaver's a good guy as far as transmission stuff goes. He's got it figured out. Yeah, well, that's all part of the combo, right? Is understanding what parts will live and and what what that needs in order to to get comfortable. And it sounds like you've really, you know, over the years you've got that thing ironed out, obviously. Um, so, I mean, here you are. You won in twenty twenty. Had your opportunity last year um, or twenty twenty one, and then uh, and then you know you're leading this year. So, talk to us a little bit about you know your last year you said you kind of you missed a few races to go nhra racing what's the plan for this year for the rest of the year are you going to do that again or are you going to keep the hammer down on pdra well it's a, it's always a decision right i try to try to run a little bit of both to start with and kind of see where it goes uh last year i won the first couple in pdra and uh just like i did this year i won the first couple and uh and then I did well in NHRA at a couple of races, and I was kind of on the fence about what to do. So I, I, I kind of chased the NHRA stuff a little heavier and missed some PDRA races, which didn't t- didn't work out for me in the long run. It still could have worked out if I, if I would have uh, been smarter than my delay box. Maybe it would have worked out, but um, <laughs> it, it, uh, it just didn't work out. So to answer your question, I, I'll probably follow the PDRA a little closer this year. I have I have run it up and run it up at one of the NHRA races and went deep at a couple, but haven't really done much. And uh, some of the races I normally go to, I'm not going to be able to go to. My, my daughter graduates in a couple of weeks right on top of Bristol. Which is, Bristol's got that, got top dragster, so I won't be able to go to that. And then Norwalk's a couple of weeks later, and I've got a commitment on top of that. So it's, it's limiting me on the NHRA side. So I'm going to be more open probably to chase the PDRA a little harder than I, than I have been. That makes sense. I mean, that, that makes sense, right? And uh, life sometimes get in the, gets in the way. Um, and But – you know, we all, we all have things we have to manage here. Um, talk to us a little bit about who helps you, um, who goes to the track with you, and maybe who, you know, helps from a financial standpoint, if, if at all. Yeah, no, absolutely. My son goes with me. My son is 21. He's a college student um, studying mechanical engineering over here at UNCC, which is uh, where I went to school. Um, so my son goes with me when he can. Uh, obviously, he's busy. Um, as an engineering student, he's busy. So he... Uh, he can't go as much as he would like to, but but he likes to run the NHRA stuff. So uh, he, if he goes to PDRA, he really would wind up having to run the bracket race or something like that. So typically he's uh, he likes to go to the NHRA stuff. So I've, that's another reason I kind of lean towards the NHRA uh, events uh, because he can go and he runs. We have a Nova, that my, my brother's Nova, that he used to run in Hot Rod. We still have it. Uh, my brother passed away uh a few years back and we we took his nova out of mothballs and my son's driving it um and my super comp dragster he runs it a little bit too so he comes and races with me so he helps a lot at the track when he comes um i do go by myself some which i don't mind it's not not a big deal um but i have a lot of help from sponsors right so who's your who's your tires has been with me since i won my first championship in 96 um so fair and lubers and who's your tires are are or my program, I've, that's all I've run all these years. I've, I've never had anything else on anything that I drove other than Hoosier stuff because they've been so good to me. Um, so we're, we're, we're definitely in the purple camp over here. So everything we've got, got, got Hoosiers on it. Um, BP Racing Fuels is another longtime sponsor that's helped us for a while. Um, 
quite a while with fuel so we obviously took tires and fuel are, are two of your biggest expenses so if you can get sure. sponsors to help you with those kind of things you're you're ahead of the game so i've got a lot of other smaller sponsors that help um and as i said par racing engines that does my engines that guy scott Douglas, is, is golden so he, he's helped me a ton with this with this nitrous stuff and now with this pro charger combination smart guy and he uh He's definitely a, a big reason why I've been success, successful is just going fast as I have. Is Scott Duggins is a great, great, great guy and a great partner in what we've done. Wright Trailers is on the side of my top dragster. Uh, I've had them for the last couple of years. Um, they've got their hands in a whole bunch of race teams, right? they got like 25 race teams that they, that they sponsor. Right. Um, kind of an associate level, right? So that they, they uh, instead of giving like one race team, you know, a million dollars or whatever, they, they give a lot of race teams a, a smaller amount, so uh, which works for them. Um, so those uh, uh, Michael Scott's a great guy, right? Trailers. So he he approached me to do this deal a couple of years back, and uh, so we've been doing it for a couple of years. So I run his stuff on my top dragster only. So he gets exposure at the NHRA races that have top dragster, and uh, and at the PDRA races. So that that works out good. So primarily those are the folks that help me at a at a, at a good level. Um, other folks, like I said, uh, uh, Mylodon has always been a longtime sponsor for me for stuff, and uh, uh, Harwood Industries uh, its always been a good sponsor for a long period of time. So I've got quite a few people that have helped me, so it's not been a, definitely not all been on me. I've had a lot of help. Steve, you've been competing at a high level for a number of years. Um, between, say, IHRA, running NHRA, and the PDRA stuff, where, where would you think? What, what what would you what would you say would be your favorite sanction, and where do you think the toughest levels of competition are? Well, I'm gonna tell you, IHRA for, for my kind of racing doesn't exist anymore, right? So uh, they have bracket right. racing and stuff like that, which is great. They can do what they do. I'm not knocking the IHRA, but um, back in the day when I ran a lot of it, it was an outstanding organization, and it, we had, I mean, you know, we had 60, 60, 70 racers show up for races in top top dragster where you had to qualify a 32-car field, and you had 60, 70 people trying to get in it. And super super gas, super rod races where you had 70 or 80 people trying to trying to get in a race. And um, they had great turnout back in the day. I loved the IHRA for a long period of time. And then as they kind of waned away, um, I, I picked up running NHRA in the, you know, in the 2000s. Uh, and I would still run a full IHRA circuit, loved it. Um, filled in with NHRA races, never really chased the points over there much. And so IHRA, you know, pretty much, uh, from my kind of racing folded up, right? Like in 16, 17, I actually won the championship in IHRA. The last one I won over there was in 2016, which is one of those deals where you win your, you win your division or you win, you win your way into the final race. And it's a one race deal for the world championship. So I guess I won them in a bunch of different ways in IHRA. Back when you had to go to all the races, I won a couple of them. Uh, when they changed it, changed the format, I won, won a couple, and then when they made it so that you kind of got into this race of champions thing uh, with a race win or, or a divisional win or whatever, I actually won one of the last ones that they did. So I loved IHRA. Can't have anything bad to say about them. Um, NHRA is also a great place to race, and uh, I've won five divisional championships over there. Would love to win a national championship over there if I could ever put together the right races and get to enough races. Um, just difficult to do you know with what i'm doing i still have a full-time job so um racing has to has to has to take a second seat there so um try to do go as many as i can and then pdra is just something i've been really doing for the last four or five years um and i can only run i really can only run one car over there right so that's the downside of it i can't run my super gas car I don't have anything for 
super gas. So that's a downside of PDRA, but it's a great sanctioning body full of fast cars. If you're into fast cars, like you guys are, obviously right. PDRA is where it's at. If you want to go and see some fast door cars, that's some fast dragsters. Yeah, it's impressive. They, you know, and they're not getting, well, essentially they're getting the same car count that the IHRA used to get, but breaking it up into the two classes, right? In that Right, right. Uh, they they are from that point of view. From the top sportsman, top dragster point of view, they're getting all of them, right? They get 60, 65 cars and top dragster and the same and top sportsman, you know, and then they obviously qualify the top 16 quickest, which uh, I've been lucky enough to be in, you know, every time. So, um, and the bump will be you know, 390, 388, 390 uh, range for top dragster and similar for top sportsman so yeah they've picked up all of those cars right um super stock and stock and the other the, the 90 classes or whatever kind of had to migrate either in the nhra or over in the you know some of the other super stocks uh ccra or whatever it is the cbra or whatever it is that the super stockers run they've kind of migrated over there but um but i do enjoy pdra i think i've won i'm looking at the trophies i think i've got eight uh races that i've won over there and then i won their pro stars race last year um which is where they take the top eight, you know, and run it off like an all-star deal during the middle of the season, which is cool. Summit sponsors it. Cool deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I actually got that trophy sitting over there. I was just looking at it. So so I think I've got about 100, 110 Iron Men or whatever you want to call them, but most of them are IHRA and 40-something of them are NHRA, I guess. Uh, so you're going to have to put a new PDRAs lately. You're going to have to put a new addition on your house, Steve, if you win any more. <laughs> These are in my like... shop. My wife kicked me out a long time ago on that deal. <laughs> I ran out of bookshelf space and started stacking them on the stairs, and she got mad and said they had to go. So they're out here in my in my shop. There we go. There we go. <laughs> impressive. Well, Very impressive. Yeah. Well, Steve, hey, thanks for coming on. Um, fun talking with you. Uh, wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season. Um, you know, go get it. You're, you're leading. You've had a, a phenomenal start to the year. Wish you well to finish this thing up. Um, sounds like you've got a little bit of um, I don't, revenge isn't the right word, but uh, you've you've got a little bit of uh, uh, unfinished business. I don't know if that's the right word uh, thing as well from last year. So go get them. We're rooting for you. Well, I appreciate that. I'm going to try to chase this gremlin out of this uh, red dragster here. And the sooner it gets gone, the better chance I've got of uh, doing exactly that. <laughs> there you go. Guys, girls, that was the great Steve Furr. Today's half track report is brought to you by dragracelawyer.com. Like it always is, my man Ed Harney is your drag race lawyer for all your high horsepower legal needs. JP, we had a, some action across the country this past week, um, namely this past weekend. Um, and I know we missed some NHRA stuff along the way because uh, we get busy in life. But this last weekend, we had some action in Tulsa for the Midwest Drag Racing Series. And we went to Maple Grove Raceway, one of the prettiest tracks in the country for my money where the JNR Promotions Top Dog Quick 16 took place, or at least tried to. Break it down a little bit of action for us, my man. Yeah, um, out in the Midwest Series, it started off good. Uh, 
they got through qualifying, and uh, our number one qualifying top dragster was uh, no surprise, Anita Strasburg, um, 371.5 at 196.27. Um, and top sportsman Randall Reed took the took the pole with a 390 at 191. And then, unfortunately, the weather came in, and they did not get to get this deal completed. Um, Everybody's been struggling with weather this 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 year, and it's unfortunate because uh, Midwest is they, they're a good series, and they they've got a you know they've got a loyal group of cars and a good field of cars. They just seem to be catching a lot of bad breaks with weather-wise here lately, um, and in last season. But I guess they're going to try to finish this up at their next race, and they had to finish up the first race at this race, and I didn't get a chance to see the results from that, but. Um, I'm sure they'll update everything and get everything uh, get everything um, put up where everybody can see. But as of right now, they are still trying to complete their second event. So all I have to report on that is your number one and number and number one qualifiers and top sportsmen and top drags. Unfortunately, yeah, that was a uh, yeah kind of a story of the weekend, right? Weather uh, seemed everywhere. But yeah, man, the <laughs> Keith and Ellen and that crew, they just it feels like, um, man, they're, you know, they're doing all the right stuff. They're, you know, they've got great class. They're trying new things. That 420 class, it's really interesting to me. Um, didn't get a big car count for that, but, you know, it takes time for that stuff to grow. So let's see what happens with that thing. Uh, but, man, they've had weather and some weird things happened, um, you know, going into last year. And I just feel like when it does break free for them, then, you know, they, they get some good weather and they, they they get it rolling a little bit. I think that that whole series just has a huge opportunity for people in the Midwest to really race at a high level in front of people. And, you know, they it, it, it's well, it's on flow racing now. So, you know, they're doing the right stuff. They just got to catch a break. That's all. But um, there's then the other thing is then let me talk about this. Uh, so you had your event in Maple Grove this weekend, right? You had uh, the Top Dog Quick 16 um, along with the Northeast Outlaw Pro Mod Association. And let's say this, you had a good group. You had a really good group of cars. Um, yeah. It, it, was a, it was a good show until the rain came. Yeah. Um, it was slated to be a, a, a pretty good show. And I, and I think... If the threat of weather hadn't have been there, it would have been even better. I know for sure there were some quality cars that set out because of the weather. Um, at the end of the day, uh, Glenn Tisa third took the pole with the 413.3 at 172 miles an hour. Um, we got two rounds of qualifying done. Um, we were hoping to get a third round of qualifying done on Saturday, and a light drizzle set in early Saturday morning, and it stopped briefly for about 15 minutes and then the rain just came back around and with the way that it was projected, um, they weren't going to be able to, the rain wasn't going to fully stop until about three o'clock and they just felt like they couldn't safely put a track underneath everyone and get everything done, uh, in the time that they had there. So unfortunately we had to pull the plug on that one. Um, but let me say this. Let me say this on your behalf, because I know you you're um, you know, like you're not a puff your chest out type of guy. But let me say this. First of all, Maple Grove, what a gorgeous place. I had I'd never been there before. The Koretskis are doing an amazing job with that, making sure that's a uh 
an unbelievable facility to race at. So if you have not been there, go to there. It's it's a cool track. Secondly, JP, you've you gave Top Sports and Racers one of the best setups and opportunities to race in the country. Um, what you you did, and I think there's an opportunity for this, is you paid really good money, four grand to win, right? You you win four thousand dollars going four rounds. That's really good money, um, and then. You know, your guys got there. They made two passes Friday afternoon and evening. So you don't have to be gone all week, right? Leave Thursday after work or whatever, or Friday morning for all that matter. Pull in Friday at noon. Um, And then you make two passes Friday afternoon, Friday night. You got another one on Saturday, presumably. Now, we didn't get it this past weekend. And then race on Saturday for four grand and you're home on Sunday. Like that is a great setup. It's you're not you're not taking a bunch of days off work. You get paid really, really well. Uh, I think you're on to something, man. I think you are on to something in terms of the setup and the and how that all works. And you know, paying five hundred bucks to the top spot. I mean, listen, if people don't show up, that's on them. That is on them because that's the best deal in top sportsman drag racing. And so to go one further, um, you know, assuming you keep and you do, I know you you run in at great facilities as well. It's not like you're running, um, you know, at at smaller tracks. So, you know, the fact that you're paying really well, the fact that it's a quick show in terms of you don't have to take the whole week off and you're running at national event facilities. I mean, I, there's nothing else to ask for. There There is no holes in that there's no uh weak link and so man people people if they want to race that that to me you've got a really good platform to continue to build on because uh there were great racers there it was a great show great track great payout quick show you know uh all the things that racers tell you they want man you did it uh i think thank you rex i appreciate the i appreciate the the kind words uh like i said i started this deal a couple years ago just as something i was going to do local and it's kind of grown a little bit and i'm trying to keep it going and we're going to keep doing it as long as people keep supporting and as long as i have these great companies like um like blp that you know stepped up for the number one qualifier money and uh clayson construction and win like best to help me out on the you know the top spot as long and 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 all the companies products um uh msr suspension a lot of a lot of great companies um induction solutions as long as they keep on supporting me i'll keep on helping and 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 all of these companies are companies that love to give back to the racer so when you when you're looking for somewhere to buy something please you know look these look these companies up and 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 um and use them and and tell them tell them jnr sent you um <laughs> right so they have, have a reason to keep on fooling with me um but yeah as long as i can continue to get the race of support and 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 the tracks like what we're doing and 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 these great companies keep supporting us as they can i will definitely try to put on more events and in, in the future so look out uh jnr might take a little bit different look for next season but as far as this season we do have one more race coming up in october let's hope mother nature kind of cooperates with us because she shut us out twice now so maybe she'll give us a, some really really good air and we can go really fast in october and uh we'll see everybody out at the track and now i get to 
kick back for a little while and maybe get to go race my car a little bit. I was going to say, get it, let it rip a little bit yourself. Cause, but again, uh, national event tracks, the top payout that you can get for a 16 car field. And then on top of that, a quick show. What's not to like? What is not to like about the big dog quick team, quick 16 shootout? Whoa, let's get out of the groove for just one second and bring on a guy who I've known for a very, very long time. A guy who I believe is arguably the greatest drag race promoter of all time. He's from Lake St. Louis, Missouri. He is the owner and founder of the American Drag Racing League, Kenny Nowling. Kenny, what's happening today, my man? Hey, brother. Well, that's very kind words. It's very humbling. Uh, the late George Howard will always carry that mantra for me, but uh, I'm, I'm humbled to be on the Mount Rushmore uh, al- alongside him and Wally Parks and my main man, Donald Long. And if anybody wants to argue with those four, uh, being the four best promoters in drag racing history, bring it on. I would. The credentials I would... are there to uh, substantiate it, but uh, I'll, I'll defer to... Uh, I'll defer to uh, George Howard. He was a great friend, a great mentor. I miss him every day, but in my eyes, he'll always be the goat when it comes to drag racing, promoting and thinking outside the box. But nonetheless, I, uh, I appreciate your introduction, and I'm glad to, uh, to be on. What you guys are doing is so exciting, man. I can't wait to get to uh, drag stock in se- or, yeah, September. Uh, it's going to be tremendous. Yeah, well, you've you're making a comeback. Everybody loves a comeback story. It's been a, a little bit of a time, but you finally got uh, complete control of the ADRL again, uh, which is incredibly exciting. Um, tell us a it took little. A decade. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do they say? They say every overnight success is a decade in the making. Is that the kind of the phrase? You know what? Exactly, and and I, you know, it's like my financial advisor. The only reason he's my financial advisor is because at one time he lost all his money. I don't take financial advice from people that haven't had it, lost it all, and got it back. And uh, humbly, we had it. We lost it all, and uh, we got it back. And it, it makes you appreciate it more. Um, and it makes you hold on to it a heck of a lot tighter, too. But, yeah, um, always just eternally grateful to uh, Dave Wood and Tommy Leifer, my co-founders of the ADRL back in the day. And, and my new partner, uh, Ryan Fears, uh, you know, being a, a co-owner um, with Ryan has been a tremendous, uh, I, I just can't tell you, not since Dave and Tommy and I uh, went separate ways have uh, I, I had this much fire in my gut uh, about promoting drag racing, which I think is still the best kept secret in motorsports. And of course, uh, our, our version of it, the ADRL. So it's been uh been very humbling very rewarding but uh i I couldn't do it without my my partner fears and then the a team which is uh, a list too long to uh to count but uh looking so forward to getting back at it at xrp for drag palooza in ferris texas june 9th and 10th it's going to be a great time yeah that's uh that's the exciting thing right you've got um a, a kind of a kickoff event here down in texas and um, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, this is the same thing, right? Like free tickets, but we're bringing, we're going to pack the house. And we're going to, we're going to let people watch just absolutely wild pro mods, right? 
Yeah, I mean, the true outlaws, you know, I jokingly said, and um, maybe not so jokingly, everybody's been using this word outlaw since the ADRL went away, and, you know, God love them, but if you want to see the real outlaws, the original outlaws, come to Ferris, Texas on June 9th and 10th to XRP, because I promise you, by the way, clearly there's nothing quicker and faster on the planet Earth. Frankie Taylor, 348, quickest door slammer run to the eighth mile in history. Carl Stevens Jr., 230 miles per hour, quickest pro extreme run, door slammer run in uh, in history. So, you know, uh, if anybody wants to put on their big boy pants, the water's plenty deep down here. There's zero entry fees to our racers. I will not charge a professional racer an entry fee. As a sportsman racer, I'm used to paying it. I'm fine paying it. I'm, I'm you know, uh, there's some, so many tremendous, the, the fling races, uh, that Peter Viando puts on are exceptional. Of course, Kyle Riley and SFG Promotions, what they do and the kind of money that they're paying out is extraordinary. But you're paying big entry fees, sometimes upwards $2,500, $5,000, but you are also got a chance to win several hundred thousand. I'm not going to put uh, – it's like charging Tom Cruise to come onto the movie set of the next Top Gun. Like, what? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I will always be baffled by that. And in my opinion, frankly – it's just laziness. As a promoter, I think you got to get out there and you got to bust your ass and you got to get sponsors. And uh, our, our our product is is our fans. You know, they come as our guests, free ticket. They leave as our fan, as we say. So uh, in this economic climate, certainly we haven't had it this bad since eight, nine, and ten. And, and coincidentally, or not, eight, nine, and ten were the three uh, most significant years of growth that I, I would say any drag racing series has ever had by any measurable, whether it's fan attendance, sponsorship participation, uh, racer participation. So, you know, humbly, I'm not changing the recipe one bit. It's still $20 to park. You know, everybody was saying, well, with inflation, you should charge 30 or 40. It's still a deal because they're getting in. No, it's 20 bucks to park. Bring as many people as you can safely buckle into the car. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's my main man, the VP of competition, Bob Corzine, who's sitting next to me been with me since uh 2006 listen if you want to bring a school bus it's 20 bucks so, <laughs> i was gonna ask you what's the most people that have ever been shoved in one vehicle and came through the gate do we well, have a, and, and a we record for that get, we try to get on them but we, we I, I i don't um but i can tell you this um i do remember one time and uh we we started kind of making it very clear as i just said don't put more people than, you know, the, the tickets are free. If you got to bring two cars, it's still going to average out right. at five or six people a car. If you can't buckle in, don't bring them. But I did see some crazy things back in the day. Uh, I don't know how many people poured out of a van one night in Rockingham. I mean, it was like one of those clown car skits. I mean, they just kept coming and coming and coming. I'm like, is there a hole in the other side of the van? And they're just walking through. Is somebody playing a joke on me? Uh, they must have been piled literally on top of each other. But. Don't uh, don't ride to an 80 year old race, please, unless you can buckle up. Well, it, you you mentioned um, Rockingham, and something I wanted to get to is, I mean, you're kicking off your event, but in Texas, but I mean, you're you're bringing the series back, right? So talk to us a Absolutely. little bit about what this thing looks like um, in your vision. You know, the rest of the year, next year, et cetera. So when uh, Dr. Fears, as he's affectionately known, uh, Ryan Fears, my partner, when we, when we got together 
and decided uh, to do this, and, and we were able to get all the intellectual properties and, and all the social media and everything, and, and now that we truly own 100%, um, we, we thought it important. Let, let's let's crawl before we just take off sprinting like Usain Bolt. We want to get out here and, and do two events this year, so we're doing Drag Palooza, as I said, June 9th and 10th at XRP in Ferris, Texas, and then, of course, the 20th anniversary edition of – Drag stock, which will be at uh, Rockingham Dragway, The Rock, September 29th and 30th. And having Win Light Vets there is going to just add largest. Yeah. yeah. We were away for a few years, but we were never divorced. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make that perfectly clear. The ADRL and Kenny Nowling have always been together in some shape or fashion. And people say, well, you're, how are you celebrating your 20th anniversary year? You were on hiatus. Listen, we never divorced. We're still here, baby. <laughs> so next year, it will be. The, the, this is the 20th anniversary Rockingham uh, drag stock at the Rock. And uh, we'll have the 20th anniversary ADRL tour next year. So unfinished business, as we're calling it, because we have some unfinished business. And we're going to uh, just pick up where we left off. And with the team of people that I have behind me and the racers, um, the sponsors are going to come. I'm not worried about that. Uh, I, I'm just, I was more concerned with what the uh, the reception would be from the racing community, of course, and then, of course, from the fans. And I can just tell you, uh, I can't wait till that drone goes up on Friday night uh, in Ferris, Texas. You're going to see a crowd of people like you haven't seen since the last ADRL event was held in 2013. So super excited. Well, Kenny, uh I'm sure you you know um, you'll get great fan reception and great racing reception. Um, what is this going to ultimately look like when you go to, let's say, next season, you go to a full series? I know you're going to do Pro Extreme. What what are some of the supporting classes you plan on having? You know, right now this year, uh, and that, that's a great question. It's a question I get asked a lot. Right now this year, um, we're focusing on, on Pro Extreme. Um, I'm putting the finishing touches on an extreme pro stock shootout uh, for the drag palooza race. And then we'll, of course, have uh, drag, uh, drag stock. Uh, we'll have pro extreme and extreme pro stock. I hope to and our new uh, extreme index motorcycle class. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have those at those two races this year. Next year, and in sponsorship. And we can bring from nitrous back. You know, we uh, started this thing, Freeman Pro Nitrous. And uh, so uh, I, I hope, but not I hope, I know that eventually we will have our full complement of, of classes back. Uh, Extreme 10.5 certainly was, was one of my favorite classes in the ADRL period. And really the diversity in that class uh, was second to none. And then you know, some version of uh, Pro Extreme Motorcycle right now. Uh, Extreme Index Motorcycle, the 460 bikes are so entertaining, and it's a lot of the guys and gals, uh, former world champion Kim Morrell, Superman Rob, Honeycutt, uh, the Legion of Doom teammate, Ronnie Procopio, Mac McAdams. Uh, a lot of those guys are running 460 Index now. So we're excited about that. But eventually we'd like to get back, and we will get back, to having our full complement of classes and one thing that we're working closely on is a new class, Extreme Dragster, which is essentially going to just just say IHRA Pro Outlaw back in the day, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna put those let those guys turn turn those dragsters loose uh, with with a Pro Extreme style setup and, and see what happens. And 
whoever gets to the finish line first wins. But, you know, right now we're going to focus on the task at hand and race the race in our lane, and that is uh, Extreme Raceway Park, June 9th and 10th for Dragpalooza. So beyond that, uh, we have big goals and aspirations, and I have no doubt with Brian as my partner with the A-team back, we will achieve and exceed every one of them. Very cool stuff, Kenny. I, I know the dragster guys have got to be fired up to hear that as well, that uh, they get to uncork it a little bit, or at least um, that's the plan to let them uncork it at some point. Because I get that every so often about, you know, is there a heads-up class for us? And I know it's been tried several times, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I know that's uh, exciting for a few guys out there sp- specifically, for sure. But uh, very, very cool stuff. <laughs> Um, so anybody can make it work. It's, uh, Bubba Corzine and our, uh, vice president of tech, Rick Moore, those two guys together, uh, have kept the ADRL and our tech department on lock, uh, for so many years. And, and I know going forward, it was so important to me to get the A team back together because humbly nobody's ever done it better. I mean, I, I get the credit and I get the beating when things don't go right, and I'm fine with that, you know, when you're the quarterback of the team. But uh, these the Super Bowl champions that have won Super Bowl championships, defense wins championships, and you need an offensive line, and mm. I've got the best of both. So I'm just humbled to be able to stand under center and uh, take these snaps. And, you know, when things don't go right, I'm all about having to listen. After all these years of promoting, I learned one thing from George Howard. First thing he ever said to me is he said, son, he said, you better develop skin as tough and thick as West Texas leather. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I I have, he said, in a perfect world, half the people are going to love you and half the people are going to hate you. That's about the best you'll ever hope for. So, uh, man, I miss that guy. But just just one more thing uh, that, that the great George Howard taught me and still resonates with me to this day. So just so excited, man. I can't, uh, it's hard to contain my excitement some days. Yeah, no, I get that. And, as well you should be, right? Um, anytime you, you battle it out and you get to the other side, or and I know you're not quite there yet, but, you know, but it sure feels that way, Kenny. And and man, when you battle it out and you get to the other side, then it man, then you really feel good about all the hard work you did and and uh, you know, everything that just it takes to get there. I mean, it just takes what it takes. We know that, but man, um, it feels good to be on the other side and then then you can you know, then you go, all right, now we can hit high gear. Absolutely. And there's so many things that, uh, and I, I can't wait for the drag racing community to get to know uh, Dr. Fears, my partner, uh, a little bit better. He's, uh, he's salt of the earth, man. Uh, Marine uh, did several tours overseas. So uh, better and owned and operated. Uh, I'm so humbled to uh, have him as a partner and just so excited to have the team back together. I don't want to sound like a broken record. We're going to achieve things that uh, were unimaginable uh, 10 years ago when we did this last, uh, you know, the few iterations that we tried to do and then COVID happened. And listen, everything happens for a reason. I'm a person of deep faith. I believe everything is purposeful and everything happens for a reason. And uh, looking forward to that first pro extreme pair hitting the uh, stage beams in Ferris, Texas on June the 9th. It's going to be something to see, and uh, I'll have to fight back the tears. Uh, it's going to be going to be tremendous. So can't thank Clyde and Amanda Scott enough and Galen and Celeste Smith who um, manage XRP for the Scott. Can't thank them enough for believing in us and, and having us back and giving us a place to, uh, to kick it off. And then 
my good buddies now, uh, Al and Dan down at the uh, down at the Rock, man. Uh, Dan Van Horn and Al Generelli, just great guys uh, that bought it from another great promoter, uh, Steve Irwood. So just mm. tremendously excited about uh, the ADRL. I, I don't like to use the word return, so that's kind of how we came up. Uh, I, I just sat up one night in bed and wrote it on my notepad that I always keep on my night table, uh, unfinished business, because that's what we've got. After we're uh, done, I think people will realize that uh, the ADRL brought a lot to the table. Um, and again, humbly, I get to lead this team of people into battle and having Dr. Fierce standing next to me doing it's going to be uh, going to be great. So many people along the way have helped. I, I would waste the rest of your show listing them all. But Steve Vick and uh, Bobby Don and Jack Switzer specifically, uh, those those three people have done more and meant more uh, to me than, than you can possibly fathom. And one of the biggest reasons I'm able to uh, be doing this again. So, Well, can you tell us, um, for those of our listeners that either want, they think maybe they want to stage it up with you, or if they just want to go and watch, what's the best way for them to get information? Um, I know you're doing a, a podcast and you're, you know, you're putting everything. I think it's ADRLtour.com. Is that right? Yeah. All right, you got I, it. there we go. I knew uh, I get one thing right today. That's good. So adrltour.com. And then where else can people, you know, listen, get informed and either stage it up with you or, or just go check out this awesome action. At ADRL tour is, uh, all of our social media handles. Uh, we're on Instagram, uh, Facebook, obviously we're on, uh, Twitter, Snapchat, uh, TikTok, all, all the majors, and uh, so just add ADRL tour in any of those. And then, of course, the Adrenaline pod, Adrenaline the podcast with the Big Head and Doctor Fears every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Uh, so listen in. We, we bring uh, we, we break a lot of news on there as pertains to the ADRL, and uh, we, we talk about things uh, way outside the ADRL. You know, drag racing general so and, and just have a good time with that so tuesday nights at uh, 8 eastern 7 central so looking forward to uh tonight's show we got a huge announcement that's gonna send a ripple one of our racers west johnson wow wow west uh from down here in texas he said you know you dropped a pebble when you had that first show and eventually that pebble is going to start to ripple and turn into a wave well the announcement we're going to make tonight is going to be a full-on tsunami, so we're uh, we're excited. Uh, I don't know when this episode will air, so the fans will already know by then, but I can just tell you that tonight we're going to make – I can't believe I've kept it. Uh, I'm terrible <laughs> at keeping secrets. I want everybody to know. But I just uh, – I, 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 not even my wife knows, and she'll be in tears when we make the announcement. So super excited about that. and puts the last piece of the puzzle together for the ADRL to drive going forward. So, Hold on now, Kenny, because we, we're known for breaking news on this show. Can you give us just a little hint, a <laughs> little tease? Well, uh, here's, I'll, I'll just ask you, uh, when, when, when are we airing? I know we're live to tape, so... It, yep, so this will, know, this will come out uh, May 17th, so Wednesday. We're recording for all our listeners. We're recording on Tuesday, so we'll release on Wednesday, right on. so... So I think you're you're good. So, so I, I can tell you guys, uh, you'll actually get the news first. I, I, I trust you to uh, keep it between us until seven o'clock 
Central, 8 o'clock Eastern tonight. But of course. Al Tucci's returning home to be the voice of the ADRL. He was our original voice. My man. Uh, from day one and uh, the, the absolute best announcer in drag racing, hands down, end of conversation. And he's coming home. And it's, it's the one piece of the puzzle that was missing from the A team. And uh, now that he's coming back, um, and the excitement that, that humbly I'm able to sit next to him and that we bring together, I'll, uh, again, I'll put Al up against anybody, and especially door slammer drag race. But in drag race, period, he's the most exciting voice, which is why everybody wants him to work for him, whether it's Donald Long at his races or, yeah. or West Buck or any of these other guys that are putting on big-time races. Al Tucci is the best in the game, and he's coming home to the ADRL. So when this show airs, it will already have been announced, and uh, it's going to – Again, uh, I think a lot of people are going to sit up and be like, man, he really is getting the entire band back together. It's what the Rolling Stones about Mick Jagger. Right. <laughs> Al's a big uh, big fan of the Windlight Girls as well. Um, yes, I don't yes know the... he is. He is. Al's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a big fan of, of a lot of beautiful women, but yeah. you can be that way when your wife. I don't know if you've ever had the measure of meeting his wife, Judy, but I'm going to tell you, Judy Tucci is, first of all, she hasn't aged a bit, and I, I'm not just saying that. I'm telling you, just look at pictures of her 15, 20 years ago. She's an absolute uh, – she's a supermodel. And uh, Al, much like me, we, we way outkicked our coverage. Say, so. <laughs> yeah, um, understood. <laughs> well, Kenny, I'm so excited for you, man. Like, you, you've you got it rolling. Or, you know, we're getting ready to kick this thing off. Obviously, we at Winlight Bets will be with you in Rockingham. So excited to do that. Uh, but appreciate you coming on. Um, appreciate everything you do for drag racing, truthfully. And I could not be more excited for you. And um, just, man, go get them. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you guys so much. Love the show. Listen every week. And I'm just excited. Uh, just excited to have Winlight Bets as, as a partner. Uh, the ADRL needs. Uh, new and exciting uh, partners and what you guys have done and what you guys have brought to the table with Winlight Bets is so tremendous. And I'm just so thrilled for the success. And like you said, we've known each other for system. It's purposeful that uh, you started Winlight Bets and the ADRL is getting ready to uh, take care of some unfinished business all at the same time. So super excited to have you guys on board. You can't wait to see you in Rockingham in the meantime. If you're anywhere within five-hour drive of the Ferris, Texas, 9th and 10th, come on down. You'll see the most exciting door slammers on the planet, the quickest. And uh, when it comes to eighth-mile door slammer outlaw drag racing, nothing that can touch it. I love it. Guys, girls, that is the great Kenny Nowling, if you need him. All right, as we hit the mile per hour cone, JP, we we heard my neighbor last week, um, or last episode, letting the new Harley rip, right? Just letting it rip in the garage. And it reminded me of the craziest race on the planet. I mean, it has to be. It, it's it got to be the most deadly, right? Which is a motorcycle race called the Isle of Man, um, which if you're not familiar with it, 
is an island um, essentially off of Ireland and Britain, and it's it's a little island, not very big, and they have a motorcycle race that goes around that island every year, and people die. Like people die every year because it's not a racetrack. It is just this little island that has street streets running around it, and there's mountains in turn also with this uh, island. So if you miss a turn, you go off the side of a mountain into an ocean. Uh, we think steel guardrails are bad. Um, you know what's worse? Um, off the side of a mountain into the ocean. That is worse than steel guardrails, I promise you. And from that standpoint, people die every year. And these dudes on these sport bikes are letting it rip at almost 200 miles an hour around this island. It's insane. Have you seen this before, JP? I have seen footage of the Isle of Man racing, and I can tell you right now, I don't want any parts of any of that. <laughs> um, but it's very impressive. Uh, I say hats off to those guys. They got way more nerve than I have. Um, but, uh, man, I mean, it's it, there's no section of this track or these roads that they race on that isn't sketchy it it just looks like (laughs) it looks like it's out of control and you're on the verge of crashing like the whole time and these guys do not i mean they're i'm I'm, they got the throttle twisted and they're tucked and they're going for it and there's like different classes and there's like one that's like a i think they're in a sidecar and then there's this thing that looks like they're laying down on it's crazy man i i don't it's, it's wild. It'd be something to see in person, but it's not something that I would want to do. That's for sure. It seems to me like the greatest collection of lunatics on the planet, right? They're, they are insane. And it kind of resonated with me because it had been a long time, but um, I I recently picked up a bike and um, been you know getting back on that a little bit for the summertime. But I want no part. No part of rolling around the Isle of Man, and it just all this stuff kind of came to me. It, it, but it'd probably be worth seeing. It'd probably be worth seeing. Yeah. I mean, but I thought I thought we was getting ready to break some more news. I thought it was gonna be a <laughs> hey, Rex, Rex on a bike going to the Isle of Man. Um, producer Chris in the sidecar, uh, Facebook Ooh, Live. Oh boy! Oh boy! That <laughs> that sounds like a terrible, terrible idea. Uh, terrible idea, but yeah, I'll come help work on the bike. Oh, I'm okay. Not yeah, no, me either, brother. <laughs> me either. Um, it is, it just, it caught me with a neighbor and then it reminded me and I just, I thought to myself, we have incredibly fast cars. I mean, we top fuel pro mod, these top sportsman cars and dragsters, they're going three eighties, three seventies. And it's, I mean, it's flying, right? You go, and I've been in a position where I'm talking to a lot of people outside of the industry here lately and trying to explain to them our sport. And you you tell people, hey, you're going to go zero to 200 miles per hour in less than four seconds. And the average person cannot get their head around it, right? The average person that is driving a Honda to work or worse yet taking the subway to work or an uber or something like they cannot get their head around that that said i cannot get my head around taking a motorcycle and trying to lean it down and get around the corner or missing it and going off the mountain into the ocean no yeah it's uh it's craziness so 
Um, I love our crazies. I love our crazies, and I, I love going in a straight line as crazy and fast as we can. But, oh, that that's a little wild for me, brother. All right, JP, let's bring this thing back in. Let's uh, take a peek in the other lane. Let's do it. Um, should we take the stripe? Yep. I like it. Let's cool. do it. Let's take the stripe. Guys, girls, that is the show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode number 115. And there it is. There's the wind light and our girl. Our girl. Our girl. The sweet, sweet sounds of Laura Brannigan and our girl. But it's so good. It's so good, JP. I love it. Every time. Yeah. I mean... It uh, is a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. Um, but, hey, we had a great week this week. Um, we had two unbelievable guests. Steve for Top Dragster Standout, your 2020 Elite Top Dragster winner in PDRA, leading again this year. Sounds like he's ready to, you know, uh, just got to keep it rolling again. And, man, always a threat, that guy. Been doing it for a long time at a very, very high level. And then... Kenny Nowen coming back on, bringing, I mean, bringing drag racing back, bringing, packing the houses, ADRL. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what uh, could happen with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on that and seeing, seeing where that goes. Uh, congratulations to them for, you know, making it through the fire and, and back in drag racing. And, yeah. and I mean, People can say what they want to say, but ADRL was good for drag racing. It, it, it put yep. a lot of eyes on the sport that wouldn't you wouldn't normally see. Yeah, and, see and I just I feel like you know there was a lot of talk about Kenny, and uh, you know we, we all heard it, but to me he set it all to rest because he's came back. Like if if he did any of the stuff that people accused him of, he he'd been long gone. So the fact that he's back says a lot. And um, I appreciate him coming on the show, and I'm, I'm excited and uh, looking forward to seeing what he does. Um, guys, girls, can you do us a huge favor and leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud? I do not care what you say. It doesn't matter to us. You can say, um, you know, I want to race at the Isle Man. You can say, hey, um, you know, top dragsters to the front, whatever. It doesn't matter. You can say anything. Let me out of this uh, trunk. You can put whatever you want, um, but uh, the algorithms like it, so if you don't mind, make a quick post. That would really help us. Guys, girls, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Keep the rubber side down. And travel safe.
Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is brought to you by Winlight Bets. Winlight Bets is the fastest gaming action on earth using the fastest motorsport on earth. Go to the Winlight Bets Facebook page, like and follow to be up to date on all the latest information around gaming and your favorite sport, drag racing.